All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Sales Podcast. This is your host, Tommy Tahoe Alemo. We're episode 216. Coming at you. Happy Monday. Let's get into it. Um, got a great guest today. Uh, I talked to Mari Fletcher. She is a global sales manager over at Greenlight Guru. Um, spent a couple of years at Restaurant 365 and you know, in only three or four years of sales is already managing um, a team uh, of a ton of AEs uh, that we get into on the call. So uh, really quick growth trajectory uh, for her. Uh, I think we had a great conversation around, uh, you know, some fun stuff about moving across the country during a pandemic, uh, which has got to be a pretty scary thing to do. We get into leadership, we get into how she chose uh, her company to work for um, and how she chose her previous company even though she had already accepted an offer elsewhere. So it's a really great conversation around leadership, not only how to lead, but what type of leaders to look for. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, before we get to that, uh, I got to take a minute to give a shout out to both of our sponsors here. Uh, the first sponsor for the podcast is Gong.io. Uh, I love Gong so much that I work there. Um, and uh, I, I started working there earlier this year um, after seeing it in action, after getting pitched, it, and then after meeting you know, a handful of people there, it was a no-brainer. So Gong is the revenue intelligence platform. It, it is irresponsible to be a VP of sales or CRO and not have Gong uh, at your company. I'll say it point blank. Uh, it's, it's where you're able to not only coach your reps, it's where you're able to identify uh, deals in your pipeline, uh, switch over the no's into yeses, turn the yeses into bigger yeses and quicker yeses, um, and do so much more. So if you're interested... Uh, feel free to check them out at gong.io or DM me on LinkedIn. I'm Tom Alamo, and I'll connect you with the right person. The second sponsor that we are brought to you by is postal.io. Uh, I love postal. I use it. Um, essentially, you know, in this whole world of, of trying to uh, deliver uh, gifts and, and things to our customers and our prospects and our partners that will delight them, um, it's we're past the point where you're able to just mass send something out and, and do it in a, in a, in a way at scale. That's, that's really unpersonalized. So uh, what Postal helps you do is to really do it in a personalized fashion. You can do it from, you know, the brewery that's, uh, you know, down the street to the florist on your corner uh, and give people really personalized uh, gifts. They're also doing something right now that anyone that leaves a review to this podcast, you leave a five-star review on Apple they're going to give you a free Starbucks gift card. So all you gotta do is leave a review and then post it on LinkedIn um, or even just DM it to me on LinkedIn. And then I will send you the link, free coffee, tea, uh, coffee cake, whatever the hell you want over at Starbucks, we'll get that out to you. So uh, please support this show uh, in three ways, support our sponsors, Gong, support Postal, um, and then please head over to Apple, uh, subscribe, leave a review. I'm on Spotify, we're on YouTube, we're all over the place. Uh, so show some love to the show, uh, and that's what helps keep this thing going after about three and a half years. So uh, enough out of me. Let's get straight into my conversation with Mari Fletcher. Let's go. All right, Mari Fletcher coming at us from Indianapolis, Indiana. Good morning. Welcome to Millennial Sales. Hey, Tom. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. How's everything going this morning? Everything has been going well. It's right around 10.30, had some coffee, had a good day of meetings so far, so no complaints. How about you? Nice. Yeah, it's all good. A little earlier over here, but um, 
we're, we're up and at them and, and trying to make some things happen today. So um, real quick, you, uh, we were just talking before we aired that you moved out to Indy about like six months ago, last summer. Um, probably maybe not how you drew it up, like moving to a place. I don't know if you'd ever been there before, but definitely moving to a new city during a pandemic, getting a new job. Um, how, how did all that shake out for you? How's it been so far? Oh my goodness. I think that the universe just fundamentally does not want you to relocate cross country during a pandemic because it was an absolute disaster. Everything that could have went wrong did. Um, my stuff got lost. I got COVID. I mean, it was just everything that could have went wrong, but I look back at it so fondly. This is the best thing that could have happened. And I'm so happy to be here. Nice. How's, um, how has moving to a new city been in terms of like knowing people? Like, did you know people when you when you moved to India or have you been able to meet people in a pandemic? Like that that all seems kind of tough too. Yeah, um, it all has been challenging, definitely. I came out once before I relocated here to go house shopping and I ended up just finding a really solid group of friends. So my oh, cool. realtor is one of my best friends. You know, right. everyone else that I work with has just been really close knit and it's been wonderful. Like people in the Midwest are so nice and so accommodating. So it was really easy to just fit in and everyone let me into their circle. So I thought about, you know, what's it like to move and not know anyone? And it's been better than I could have imagined. People in the Midwest are amazing. I'm from Boston originally. And unless you're like blood related, like everyone's kind of an asshole. And you go to the Midwest and everyone is, especially like you notice it driving, everyone's always letting you like merge in and like waving and it's just such a, it's such a good place. So if you were to move anywhere during a pandemic where it's hard to meet people, I feel like the Midwest is the perfect place to go. Oh, for sure. I mean, Midwest nice is a real thing. I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. I went to UW and people are nice there, but people here are nice to the extreme. So it was super, super welcoming, which is awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Um, well, hopefully things are, you know, you got all the bad stuff out of the way in the first six months. And now you can, uh, you know, rip it up and, and, you know, love the city and, you know, go on with your friends and have a great job and all that good stuff. So uh, sometimes you just got to get the, the shit out of the way early. Oh, my goodness. You could not have said it better. Yeah, it's, it's been great. <laughs> So, um, you know, the reason that you're, you're on this show today and, and the reason that we got introduced is you got tagged in one of my posts as, you know, someone said that you were uh, one of the best salespeople that they knew. Um, and so I'm excited to, to talk with you and, and learn from you. You've had a really quick rise um, from your last two roles and now uh, running a sales team of 14 AEs uh, after only a few years in sales. So like, I'd love to learn both as a salesperson, what made you successful, and then some of the learnings that you have um, nowadays as a sales manager and, and uh, getting ramped up in that role. Yeah, absolutely. So I think back to, you know, being an SDR at this teeny tiny office in Austin, Texas, where the roof literally collapsed at one point. I mean, <laughs> the air conditioning went out in July in Texas, like, you know, just all the way back <laughs> to the beginning. And the first cold call I ever made, right? I had never been an SDR. It was my first job out of college and someone had opened my email a bunch of times. So I got on the call and I was super nervous, right? It's yeah. rapid fire. And he goes, you know, I'm not really interested in this product. I go, well, you opened my email 14 times. So I think <laughs> right. And just learning from doing, I think is one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give you 
be vulnerable, lean into the feedback. The people around you have great coaching to give. Um, but don't be afraid to make mistakes because I can tell you I have made more than my fair share of them. And every single time it makes me better. So I think that's one of the biggest things I would say is just don't be afraid. Totally. Everyone, anyone that has had, you know, a major outbound role, SDR or AE or whatever it might be like, has some horror stories. If you've been, if you've done it more than like probably six months to a year, um, just some major horror stories of people that you called that, you know, they're absolute, you know, jerk and they hung up on you or they swore at you or they humiliated you or, you know, you called someone like the wrong name or you called and like they didn't work, you know, all these just different scenarios that like, it's just so intimidating to pick up the phone, especially early on. And then to have it go so poorly, like can just be so demoralizing. So I think having that mindset of like, yeah, you know, I'm going to fail. Let's chalk that up. I'm going to try to learn from it. And, um, and having a boss, hopefully that can help encourage that too in you early on to know that that's okay. And to know that that's all part of the process. A hundred percent. And I think that's one of the biggest things too, right? You mentioned I bounced around a little bit. Taking a leader that you want to work for instead of the company that you want to work for is really pivotal in defining your success and where you want to go in your career, right? Because a company is invested in your outcome, but a leader is invested in you attaining your potential. And so surrounding yourself by people that make you better, I think is the most important thing that you can do in your career. What do you look for in like a manager, if you were interviewing a bunch of places, like what stood, what would stand out to you as someone you'd want to work for? Yeah, I can tell you the first time. So when I took my last role, the first time around, I actually had accepted another job offer and mm. I had this interview scheduled and, you know, tech is a small scene, so I didn't want to burn any bridges. So I kind of just took it as a courtesy call and I got on the phone with him and it was just the passion. I immediately knew that was the person I wanted to work for. That's the mm. person that's going to be better. He's going to level me up. And so I tuck my tail between my legs. I turned down the other company and it was, I mean, it was a risky move in my book because I was straight out of college and this, you know, that role had paid less than the other one. And it was, you know, more in the um, variable than the base. And so it was just this weird dynamic of it doesn't seem like a sure thing, but something is telling me that this is a person I can trust. And this is a person I want to work with. And so dove in head first and now here we are. Were there any negative repercussions from that decision of the first place? Um, that's like kind of a touchy subject, you know, like to accept it and then to kind of yeah. turn back on it. Um, not really. They were very kind and accommodating. I think yeah. being on this side of it now, I understand a little bit more, you know, that it happens that people turn down job, um, job offers. At that point though, you know, I just took it upon myself like, oh no, you know, I, I told them yes and now I'm going back on it and yeah. it's a horrible thing to do, but it's, you know, it's pretty common. Not every offer we put out gets accepted either. So I see that side of it now. Yeah. I mean, it's a gutsy move though, coming straight out of college for your first job. Like I remember when I got my job offer, I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm not going to interview anywhere else. I'm, you know, like <laughs> it was while I was still at school. I'm like, as long as I don't fail out, like I got a job and I'm good. So um, good on you for, you know, having the, the courage to you know, kind of follow you in your intuition there. Yeah, it was best thing that could have happened, right? I mean, I, 
I bartended all the way through college. And so the first job was in the restaurant industry and it was in tech and it merged the two things that I wanted to do. So it just seemed like a really logical intersection between where I had been and where I wanted to go. And then just the person that could make me feel like I could achieve anything. All of those together was, it was a really no brainer for me. It's really kind of like a gut feeling too. Like when you meet someone that, you know, like you, that's what you kind of say. You're like, this guy's going to help me out. Like, I don't really know how, I don't really know like what it is about him, but like, he's just going to help me get better. And I just, it's one of those things that it's hard to put into words. It's hard to like write that down of what that really looks like. But when you know, you know, and you just kind of feel it in your stomach. And I, I would encourage folks that when they have that type of a moment to like really pursue it and really kind of lean into that. Absolutely. And I think it's really rare to be able to meet someone and just trust them like that, right? Because by the time you're interviewing for jobs, you know, something likely isn't going right somewhere else that's encouraging yeah. you to take that next step. So once you meet that person, that's, you know, we can build something together. It's a really cool feeling and being able to capitalize on it, you know, change your life. Yeah, totally. So um, nowadays you're managing, I think, what, 14 AEs, which, uh, which is a lot. I, I had a role um, before where I was a player coach and I was, I was selling and then I managed four people and doing those two things. I was like, oh shit, this is hard. So I'm thinking about 14 different people is, uh, is a lot. So how's that going? Like, tell me about the experience so far. It's been an awesome experience. So I hired four of them. The rest were already there when I started. And so I've gotten to just see people grow in their careers. A few of them came from the SDR side of the house and I remember feeling like that, right? So leveling them up into AEs, a few of them, you know, were external hires that had sales experience and are wonderful at that. And then getting to see them learn the industry, like everyone is at a very different point. And I love that because it Mm. keeps it different. When I hire people, I want something that separates you from the crowd and I don't want a bunch of people who think exactly the same because I really believe that just different perspectives make us all better. And so the fact that everyone is, you know, just needs something a little bit different, no coaching session is the same. And that keeps me from going crazy. (laughs) I was going to say, how, how can one spend enough time on all of those, like the one-on-ones alone with all of those people, that's, you know, 30 minutes with each, that's seven hours a week or every other week or however often you're doing it, um, take take that with all the other calls that you have, the forecasting, the this, the that, like, how do you, I have to imagine that time management has been a huge transition for you from being an AE to you know, being yeah. a manager. Like, do you have any any thoughts uh, or tips around that for, for the first time managers out there? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, to just remember that it's not a nine to five. So figure out what you can do during your workday and then figure out what really makes you happy, right? Because there's a difference between a job and a career. Like this is my passion. So at night when I'm sitting relaxing in front of the TV, I'm also looking at a spreadsheet or, you know, I'm doing a call review or there's other things going on, but they don't feel like work because it's something that I just care so deeply about. So I don't really have too hard of a time managing my time because I can do most of it during a work day and then the rest just doesn't feel like work. So I would say my biggest piece of advice for new managers is find your favorite piece of the job and take that offline because it doesn't feel like you're working then. 
Yeah, what when you say that this is something that you're passionate about, do you mean sales? Do you mean like leading humans? Do you mean like what Greenlight Guru does? Like, or you know, maybe there's a combination, but what what specifically is it that you're so passionate about? All the above. I mean, I think scaling SaaS companies to me is just the coolest thing and being able to be a part of it. And, you know, this is my second time seeing it now. When I started the first company, there was 20 people in the sales department. At the peak, there was 115, right? So hyper growth. And then doing it all over again and doing it on the manager side of the house this time has just been so exciting. So I am deeply invested in my team's outcomes. I care about their professional development. I care about the sales and the company and the mission, right? All of it works together and it creates this amazing culture. And so I just, I love what I do. And uh, honestly, like of the vast majority of people, if you just ask a random person on the street would not be able to say that. So um, I think that's amazing. And, um, and something that, you know, people should, should strive to to kind of find out. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's fortunate. I feel similarly, and I feel fortunate to have found that so early, um, in my career as well. So, um, even for the people out there that maybe that isn't resonating with them, if it is, that's great. You're on the right track. If it's not, you know, I would say probably like, you know, keep trying different things and like keep testing and, and it's not a bad thing to necessarily bounce around or at least bounce your interests around and, and people that you're talking with and things like that to try to find what that right path is going to be. Absolutely. And try not to get complacent, right? It's really hard to grow where you're comfortable. So when you're figuring out what that next step looks like, usually it's going to be outside of the thing you already know how to do. And that'll push you and make you better. And if you're not trying to continually improve, what are you doing? Right? Yeah. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, um, <laughs> as we're wrapping up here, like, uh, what resources, what other things have helped you on your path, whether it's like particular books or podcasts or, uh, people that you follow or anything outside of, you know, maybe the companies that you've worked at that have contributed to your growth at all. I'm, I'm always curious. I'm always looking for the next thing to kind of consume and, and, and learn from too. Absolutely. Have you read the book strategic selling? I haven't. So I am. A- Who wrote that? Um, it's Miller Hyman. Okay. Yeah. It's, I'm a huge process person. That is yep. my thing. I am process over product. Like that is the way you win. It's repeatable every single time. Right. And that book was the blueprint to how I figured out how to map sales out. Someone very early in my career said, Hey, you know, pick this up, do this and you will win. And mm. so far that's held true. I mean, got to refuse to lose, but that book is a great blueprint for how exactly you're going to map deals out and how you're going to always have a repeatable process and make sure your bases are covered. I love that. Well, I learned something that's, I'm going to Amazon directly after this call and uh, in ordering that up because I'm similar. I'm like type A. I like the process. I like to have a system. And, um, you know, I've, I've built that in a lot of different ways in sales and even outside of sales, like just in life. And, um, and always feel like I do better and feel better when I'm like, all right, I know what the game plan is here. I just need to do the steps. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are very few things you can control, but being prepared and having a process and putting the time in is one of those things. So if you do that every single time, you're going to have a good outcome. I love it. I love it. Um, Mari, this was great. Um, I love learning from you. Any last words that you have for 
the sellers out there, sales managers, SDRs, you know, anyone else that's listening, um, you know, to help, help kind of like, you know, either motivate them or uplift them or anything like that. And then obviously where can people connect with you if they want to uh, chat with you or learn more about you and what you're all about? Yeah, absolutely. So I think my biggest piece of advice is just refuse to lose, right? Be relentless in something, whatever that thing is for you, pick that and chase it wholeheartedly because that's where you find happiness. So that would be my biggest piece of advice through and through and through. And you can find me on LinkedIn and you can find me via my email, mari.fletcher at greenlight.guru. And I'm always happy to have a conversation. That's awesome. I love the refuse to lose. And, um, and people don't, you have her, you have her uh, work email. Don't be trying to prospect her now, you know, reach out if you want to connect, but don't be trying to sell whatever technology that you have. All right. Um, it'll, it'll be rare that I respond to a cold email. I got a good one the other day, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, so, okay. Let's, let, let me just <laughs> ask that. So if someone cold calls you or cold emails you, do you like, if it's a good one, like even if you don't want the product, even if you're like, that's not a good fit, do you respond? If it's a good one, I do. If I can tell it's a generic template, there's not a chance I'm responding. Sorry, <laughs> everyone listening. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'll leave you with one quick note. So yeah. I had someone reach out to me on LinkedIn the other day. Great, um, great connection. And he just said, hey, you know, I love this article you shared. Here's my thoughts on it. If you want to connect with me, though, you have to be willing to hire me. Here's my resume. Oh, that's bold. I love it. And I didn't have an opening, but I put that resume in front of multiple other people because that is clever and things like that make you different. And I look for different and special. So if it's good, I will always, always take the caller, always respond because I appreciate that. That is a great move. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that for anyone out there that's looking. Um, we've said it on the show a lot, like it's not enough to just like, you know, toss the resume in and like, you know, fingers crossed, like, that's a great move. I love that. Oh, a hundred percent. I sent it around. Someone has to talk to this guy. I don't have a position. If I did, I would be talking to him, but there's something special there. So yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, Mari, thank you for, for spending some time on the show, uh, sharing your wisdom for everyone out there. Make sure that you are refusing to lose uh, this week and, and, uh, and stay at it. So thanks so much for joining the show. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Have a great day. All right. Thanks for checking out that episode. Um, happy April. Happy Q2 to everyone out there that's getting after it. Uh, again, this podcast was brought to you by gong.io and postal.io. So great way to support me is to support our sponsors. Again, if you leave a review on Apple, I will send you a free Starbucks gift card uh, courtesy of Postal. So uh, shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to the guests today. Enjoy your day. Let's get after it. See you next time. Peace.